genre. Welcome back to The Doctor's Companion Presents Doctor Who The Long Way Round, the weekly podcast where we review and discuss every episode of Doctor Who, one doctor at a time. I'm Cass Fredrickson. I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm Nick Jimenez. And today on the show, we'll be discussing The Brain of Morbius, the fourth doctor's tenth story. Yeah, The Brain of Morbius. Uh, this was the first story to air in 1976 from January 3rd to January 24th. Um, this is, uh, we're, we're like at this point, um, you know, waist deep in the uh, Hinchcliffe Holmes era of the show. Um, and uh, yeah, this was a, you know, this is sort of like, I don't know. I don't know if this is as goth as classic who gets, but it's up there. It's got to be top three in terms of the most. Goth I mean, episodes. like you don't get more goth than Mary Shelley. Yeah. You know? Very true. <laughs> very true. Um, so this story came along because Philip Hinchcliffe, uh, the current producer of the show, wanted to explore robotics um, in the show. and that is going to be something that we'll come back to a couple of times in his era. Um, but he was really interested in it because he had been uh, reading, um, you know, some of uh, Isaac Asimov stuff. And so he was just like, I really want to look into this robot thing. Um, and so he told Robert Holmes um, about his interest in that. Uh, Robert Holmes, meanwhile, was eager to use, uh, you know, sort of gothic horror story ideas. Um, at one point, he had developed a vampire adventure called The Haunting. Um, and uh, when that project fell through, uh, he and um, uh, he and, and Hitchcliffe, they started like talking about the, the robotics idea. Um, and. They thought about robots and they thought about the episode Robot, the first uh, Tom Baker story, which was written by Terrence Dix. Um, and so they returned to Terrence Dix and was like, we have this crazy idea to merge Mary Shelley's Frankenstein with robot stuff. And uh, uh, Terrence Dix came up with the idea of like he was also thinking about Forbidden Planet, um, the sci fi film from the 50s. And was thinking like, okay, so what if um, there was a guy named a space criminal named Morbius and he crash lands on a planet and he has a robot servant who rescues his brain and is going out on this planet and finding little creatures and sort of assembling a patchwork body uh, for Morbius. But it's like doing it wrong because it doesn't know what it needs because it's a dumb robot um, and uh, builds him like this crazy monstrosity. 
Um, so they were like, great, let's, uh, let's commission this. And so Terrence Dix, uh, writes Brain of Morbius and then, um, he writes it and then he goes on vacation or something like that. Um, but at this point it had just been decided that Brain of Morbius would be the second to last story. And they felt that the last story in this season would be probably the most expensive of the season. And so this episode needed to be a lot cheaper. Um, and so they tried to figure out ways to save money, but this story was really expensive. It had a monster, it had a robot, uh, you know, it had stuff that costs money, um, location shooting. Uh, and they were also told that Extras. they, they, yeah, they all were also <laughs> told that they would have to, um, shoot this entirely in a studio, no location shooting. Cause, uh, location shooting was always more expensive back then. Um, cause you had to shoot it on film instead of video. Um, so all of that being said, Terrence Dix was out of town. He wasn't going to be able to do another pass on this thing. So, uh, Robert Holmes, uh, took it upon himself to do another pass. Um, he changed the robot to a guy and then he gave the, he gave the guy an assistant, a big, big burly assistant guy. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, just like sort of, uh, tweaked everything to make it more indoors instead of outdoors. Um, and enough of it was changed that when Dix came back and read the script, he was like, look, I used to be, I used to have your job. I know why you did all these things, but also this isn't really the story that I wanted to write. So I'm, I feel like I should take my name off of it. And Robert Holmes was like, well, I don't want my name on it. So whose name is going to go on it? And they were like, uh, they were like, I don't know. Uh, just put some bland pseudonym on it. And so then Robert Holmes was like, Robin bland. It is. And, uh, there it is. That's, uh, that, that is the quote unquote author of this story. Robin bland. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, you know, the thing that's interesting about this is like Robert Holmes was like always trying to sort of like dig into the doctor's backstory and where he came from and things like that. And so he's throwing a lot of stuff at the wall in this episode. Um, and it's a lot of interesting ideas. Um, and one of those interesting ideas has been, uh, uh, stuck in the craw of a many, a doctor who fans, um, which is the, uh, sort of like telepathic duel in the, uh, at the climax of the fourth episode in which you contest. see the doctor go backwards through his generate, his regenerations. Um, but it doesn't end with William Hartnell. It keeps going backward. And this moment is the moment that uh, uh, a certain showrunner uh, decided to take that thing that's been stuck in his craw for years and created a continuity that would make sense of it. Um, and mm -hmm. so this moment, Nick, this is where the timeless child was born. Um, goes, wow. goes all the way back to 1976. <clears throat> um, so young, young Chris Chibnall, fresh off the beach from Broadchurch, which is... Sitting, <laughs> yeah. sitting in front of the telly one Saturday night, and he was like, "Holy shit! What does that mean? Yeah, what does that mean? <laughs> you know what's crazy is they all they all look like they were on uh, Plymouth Rock, uh huh? 
Yeah. Funnily enough, all the pre-heart. Funnily enough, they're all crew members. Um, so like, like Robert Holmes is in there. Uh, Philip Hinchcliffe's in there. Um, a, a couple of directors are in there. I think there's like a, like a, like a unit location assistant or something. Um, <laughs> like there's just like a bunch of dudes who are working on the show. Uh, and they just taught it crafty. Yeah. They all, they all got in a costume <laughs> and took a picture and then they ended up in the thing. <laughs> That's so cool. Um, I like that. And, uh, uh, yeah. Um, there's a lot about this story that I want to talk about in terms of, I did a lot of deep, Digging into Time Lord Gallifreyan continuity and history because I had so wow. many questions about what everyone's relation to everything was. Um, sure. So I tried to untie that knot and make sense of it. Um, so I'll get to that later. Um, and, and I'll preface it by saying it is going to be me untying the knot to the best of my ability. Um, it's not a, it's not clean. Uh, it's not, it's not cleanly done, um, in terms of like what is presented to us. Cause they're always trying to keep it a, a secret and they're always trying to like give you a little, a piece and then like another piece a few years later and you're just trying to put it all together. But, um, I think I generally have a story that kind of makes sense, um, in broad strokes. But if I, if I do get any details wrong or skip over any, uh, uh, important uh, stuff that uh, listeners may know about that um, I'm just uh, skipping over for the sake of, I don't know, simplifying it. Uh, feel free to leave a comment on, on YouTube or whatever and let us know. Um, but um, uh, I think I, I think I have it figured out, but we'll, we'll get there as we're going through the walk down walk through in terms of um, all of that. But uh, brain of Morbius, maybe my favorite fourth doctor story. Um, I just think it has kind of everything I want in a Doctor Who story. Um, other than like uh, wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff, right? There's none of that really in it, but it has everything else I'd want. Um, I just, I just adore this story, um, with my whole heart. And I'm so curious what you guys think about it. Um, I'm going to start with you, Nick, since it's your first time. Yeah, I had a great time. I I think this might be my I mean, you know, I think this might be my favorite four fourth doctor story so far that I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um the vibes are immaculate. I love the gothy, spooky um the vibes. I I know this predates it by decades, but you know, the the sisterhood of Karn have big witches of Dathomir vibes. Mm-hmm. If you're a Star Wars fan, um and and yeah, I think four and Sarah Jane are just at top form this entire story, mm-hmm. and they're just effortlessly cool and charming and weird and specific. And so many of my favorite moments in the story are just little acting moments that that the Doctor and and and, and Elizabeth Sladden have. Um, Tom Baker, that was weird. <laughs> I like, forgot Boy's <laughs> name for a second. But yeah, so I, I had a lot of fun. Um. Uh, Cass, I, I who knows how many times you've probably seen this, but uh, what did you think about it this time? This is only the second time I've seen this. I think. really, um, wow. yeah, and I didn't remember a whole lot from the first viewing, so it was kind of like, like I was familiar with it, but it was like, um, I don't know, it it was it 
I have, yeah, I don't know. I had a lot of fun with this. I, um, I made Norman watch it with me because I was like, this one's good. Um, you'll like it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, the, uh, I, I think watching it with, um, like a casual (laughs) Doctor Who enjoyer, um, like I appreciated the camp of it Mm -hmm. more. Um, like every time the sisterhood is like whispering their little chant, like, <laughs> yeah, wait, oh God, I watched it. I, I watched it with subtitles. And yes. so I could actually, it was like something flame, something fire. It was, oh God. Cause we were doing like little dances on the couch when the, every time they were whispering. Um, yeah. I like, loved watching the extras just yes. twirling. Yeah. Sacred fire, sacred flame. Like so Boom. many times, so many times. Um, I, I like the, I like the costumes in this too um mm-hmm. which is like a weird thing i don't know i like when obviously like i like when doctor who does like period stuff because they they you know have the wardrobe for it already but i like the um i like the the outfits that the sisterhood had um mm-hmm. and i like um oh my god what's solon um mm-hmm. i think he's a really cool uh villain i forgot until um the brain in the jar um in episode two started talking um that that was like that it was like a robert holmes story but as soon as like there was a because because you know like nick nick you haven't seen a lot of of robert holmes stories yet but like robert holmes does this thing where he introduces a villain and then like halfway through the story or like at the end of the first episode like you there's like a like a a second secret villain that this villain is working for. Um, and that's like, that. it happens in like all of his stories. Yeah. Um, like a rat with a crown on its head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's like, it's a lot like pyramids of Mars, right? Pyramids like of Mars. Yeah. Yeah. This is like almost identical in structure to yes, pyramids of Mars. Yes. Uh, okay. Pyramids of Mars is the one with the Anubis looking God that was inside of the sarcophagus. The sarcophagus was like a portal. Yes. yes I got the heavy that episode vibes. From yes. This. yes. Um, so that's the same guy. Um, yeah. And cool. I he's really like in his element, you know, like I, I, I don't know. I love a Robert Holmes story. So <laughs> this was a lot of fun. Scott, I felt very vindicated in your background when you mentioned the the Forbidden Planet reference because that is what hundred percent the vibes that I got mm-hmm. when uh, Morbius comes clumbering out. It's very Robbie the robot, very like clunky drive-in monster. That's not to, we'll, we'll get to it in the story and the breakdown, but that is maybe one of my favorite creature designs in like all of who is this half crab arm <laughs> robot like lunk that's just like lumbering around with like Hitler's brain inside of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah oh man this is a great story <laughs> uh so we um i could so we meet uh, a creature as we open i really liked i think i say this every season but one of the cool things about watching this the way that we do sequentially in a way is i get to very in broad strokes see the advances in production design that the show has. Mm. Um, it's still, you know, I don't want to oversell it when, when, the, <laughs> when the, the mutt is, is lumbering around the planet and then he's killed by another one of my new favorite, honestly, guys, 
Um, I'll say it right now. Condo is up there for me with Pex now. Wow. Wow. And, <laughs> in terms of tragic one-off weird, weird, weird characters. Yeah. He reminded me a lot of um the like albino torturer in uh Princess, oh, Bride. Princess Bride. Yeah. Okay, it's funny that you say that because I think Sullen looks like Christopher Guest in yeah. in Princess Bride. Yeah. Like- <laughs> oh yeah, and speaking of, this is so crazy. Um <laughs> they they were the intention was uh they actually offered that role to um uh Vincent Price and to um uh, uh Lee? let me get the uh let me get the whole let me see if I can find the whole list of the people. The guy that plays Grandma Tarkin. Um, yes. Uh, yeah. Peter Cushing. Peter Cushing, and then the and then the Christopher Lee. Lee, I think. Um, oh my god. Yeah, I think they they sent it to all three of like the big Hammer all horror the, guys, all the Hammer homies. Um, <laughs> yeah. Unless there's another one that maybe it's not Christopher Lee. Maybe Christopher Lee was too young. There might have been another guy. Who's the other guy that I'm missing? Vincent Price. Peter Cushing. Uh, Peter Cushing. Who's the other hammer guy? Um, oh, gosh. Like an older guy, right? Help us out. I don't know. Gosh, but like old, know. old in this, like to be, to be old enough to call Christopher Lee like a young man in a movie is insane. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, well, in any event, uh, those didn't work out. And, uh, and he did they, a great job, though. Yeah. And then they cast this guy. And I think he's, I actually like, it, it would have been neat to have them in this, right? Just to like add that extra layer to it but Mm -hmm. i Mm -hmm. like how 70s this guy looks it just makes it yeah just feel like oh yeah this is what doctor who is supposed to feel like right now um i don't know i love this guy so uh mon condo kills this bug creature and i i kind of glanced at the wikipedia article for this this episode and I read uh, a, a little bit of how there this there was some controversy with this episode at the time because of how scary and gory it got. Mm-hmm. And uh, early on, uh, Kondo delivers the severed head of this alien to Solon. And he's like, you idiot, this is a bug. <laughs> <laughs> but you do get this close-up of like a severed bug guy alien mm-hmm. head. Mm-hmm. It's kind of gnarly. Uh, let's listeners. I'm going to, I'm going to do you a favor. I want to, I want you to get a really firm grasp on Kondo's visual appearance. Um, the albino from the princess bride is dead on. Mm-hmm. He has like a black bowl cut and like a unibrow mm-hmm. and he's like lunky, but he has like a Futurama level, like, like, like bender hook hand. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He's also like seven feet tall. Yeah. He's like seven feet tall. <laughs> He's like enormous. Yeah. And uh he has his back and forth with Sloan. They have this a few times throughout the story where it's like, hey man, you told me if I did enough favors for you, you would give me back my arm. So I don't have this shitty clamping robot arm. And Sloan's just always like, ah, I don't have time for this. <laughs> uh so they're doing that, but he's like, I need what I need is a human head. I need a human mammal head with blood and a brain for my experiments. Where or where am I going to get a human shaped head with blood and a brain? And then <laughs> cut to the TARDIS appearing. <laughs> it was a really funny cut. Uh, yeah. 
This movie, so, that, that's the other, that's the other part of this that I love is there's so mm-hmm. many moments of just like casualness too. Like, like, uh, like later when they're all just like sitting there, like hat drinking wine together and they're all just like sitting at a table, like just chit chatting, making small mm-hmm. talk. Yeah. Um, and it's like, that's you good. are in a Gothic castle on an alien planet. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I just what I else love do you it. do, man? It's just <laughs> oh god, it's just the best. It's the best. Yeah, that is very gothic, though. The idea of like, come in, come in, you know, of like, here, let me pour you some wine, have some bread, but it's like Dracula. Yeah, you know? right. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, so I could use a quick reminder, refresher. The doctor comes out and he goes, "All right, you time lord assholes. Like, I knew it was you fucking with my TARDIS. That's not cool. Come out here so I can kick all your asses yeah. <laughs> one at a time." <laughs> How did how did our last four story end? Um, well, it's it's been going on for a while because uh, they sent, okay because they sent him to Genesis of the Daleks, and I think they've That's been right. kind of yeah. like low key, Stringing like him forcing him to places. Um, uh, this kind of this whole time right now, basically until Deadly Assassin, I think. Right, I think that's where that stops. Cass, if I remember Maybe. correctly. Maybe. I don't remember. That would make sense because mm. Deadly Assassin's on Gallifrey. Right. I think that's like the culmination of that plot line. Uh-huh. Um, but so it's... Gallifrey has been uttered at this point in the show. Like it's yes. Yes. In fact, the first time it's ever uttered is in Sarah Jane's uh, very first episode. Which I've seen. You have not no. seen. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's with three. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get to it. Sarah Jane has so many great moments. But so uh, she's like, the doctor is like throwing a fit, and he's like sitting on a rock with his arms crossed, <laughs> and she's like, "Whatever, man." I, I, I really like how she, Sarah Jane, like their their chemistry is is like he can she can like poke at him mm-hmm. and be like annoyed with him, and it's you see the template, you see how she became sort of the blueprint for the modern companion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, what I love about this moment is she's just like, come on, don't you want to, like, explore, <laughs> find a problem, solve it? That's what we do, right? Come on. Look, look. Don't you want to know what that is? I want to know what that is. I'm going to go over there and see what that is. Don't you want to follow me and come with me? Like, it's just, he's just, it's like, it's, no. it's just like talking to a five-year-old. It's so funny. <laughs> it is. It's almost like, it's almost Rick and Morty. Like, they're. They're aware of like it's Doctor. It's come on. It's the hour where we do this. Come on. Yeah. Like, yeah. Come on. Uh. So Sarah Jane sees like a graveyard of ships, mm-hmm. and she's like, "There's like a bunch of ships." And he's like, "Whatever. I'm, I'm on my yo-yo." Um. <laughs> which is kind of an underrated doctor prop. You don't hear the yo-yo celebrated a lot. At least I don't think. No. Does he does four have his yo-yo a lot? Yeah, he uses his yo-yo sometimes. Yeah, it's in there. It goes jelly babies. Yeah. Uh scarf. 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 Oh man. Uh, in case we there's a I don't know if this is Tom Baker or the doctor, but there's a moment when he's like tied to the stake and he kind of kicks the end of his scarf behind him because he can see that it's like drooping over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh so Sarah Jane finds the sever, the headless body of this alien, and the doctor's like, oh, yeah, that's a mutt. That's, uh, but no, this definitely happened after the ship crash, so 
we should <laughs> we should be careful. <laughs> um, they they fu- oh man, uh, I really like the fake rain. Mm-hmm. And then they also very gothic. Now that I think about it, it starts raining, and so they're like, oh look, a castle up there on that hill. Let's go there. And they do, and that's where Solon and uh, <laughs> I keep wanting to call him other word. I could, I could like Dando, Con- but it's Condo. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then we yeah, and we get that scene that you were talking about. Um, oh, but then we cut to the sisterhood. Mm-hmm. We meet uh, the elder one, who I don't think was ever named. Uh, like, Marin. Marin, you're yeah. right. Yeah. I'm totally- no, no. And then Ohika is the, the younger one. W- Yes. Yeah. The younger one that's kind of like, there's a part where she says, like, come, Ohika, you're the youngest, you're the oldest sister. So I, I, I'm going to show you a little secret. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, I wonder what she means, like, of the disciples. And because she's like wearing the actor playing Mar and is old, wearing, I think, like, stage makeup, mm-hmm. like old age makeup. Mm-hmm. She's got um, some, like, so latexy wrinkles happening, too. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, Ohika. Um, is uh, we don't know what the connection is entirely, but there is some sort of familial connection between Ohika and Ohila, um, who is the sisterhood uh, of Karn lady that um, the twelfth Doctor interacts with, and the one that gives the eighth Doctor the elixir of life to regenerate in. Um, oh, Night of the Doctor in, into that in that little webisode. Yeah, yeah. Um, I really wanted to watch that before we recorded, yeah. but then I ran out of time because I wanted to know if they do the the sing the, the fire, chant. sing the yeah. fire, <laughs> yeah, the chant. Pretty sure they so, do, if I remember correctly. The uh, Marin shows Ohika that they have like inside of a little cave or a little like cupboard in the cave. They have the elixir of life and. The or the flame, the flame, the eternal flame secretes the elixir, right? Yeah. So I actually know um, too much about how this please, works at this please. point. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, so, <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Let me let me see if I can uh, make sense of this. Um, okay. So the elixir uh, is created from water in an underground spring. That passes through rocks that are heated by the sacred flame directly below them. The rocks contain rare minerals and compounds that are released into the water when heated by the flame. Um, and that then creates the elixir of life that prolongs life and uh, forces uh, regenerations. That's, those are the two things it does. Um, if you have the ability to regenerate, it will force a regeneration. Mm. Yeah. And they, it's hinted at here that the Time Lords are the only beings besides the Sisterhood of Karn who are even aware of the Elixir of Life. Yeah. All right. Should I get into this? Should I get into this sure. whole thing? Sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, okay. So if you go all the way back, and, and I am going to be, um, I'm going to be pulling from the, the Timeless Child of this all as well. So I'm kind of merging that with some other continuity of stuff that has sure. been, some of it's been like exercised. It's like, uh, you know, uh, uh, legends, legends now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because of the, the timeless, uh, children arc. <laughs> but, um, uh, uh, so the way that this, this essentially worked is you had these two planets, you had Karn 
um, which is the planet we're on in this episode, mm-hmm. um, and Gallifrey. Uh, and Gallifrey was uh, a, a, a place where um, men uh, were shorter than women. Women were taller than men. They uh, It was a uh, women-led uh, everything. They were like the rulers of Gallifrey. Um, and they had psychic powers and telekinesis and all of these things. Um, and it was just the women that had those abilities. None of the men had those abilities at all. Um, mm. And basically what ha- so then you, on Karn, you had the masters of Karn who are the, this group of, of uh, basically everyone that like was in charge of the world of Karn. Um, and they became an empire and they conquered a bunch of places and they were kind of like known as like the most successful empire galactic empire um in i guess doctor who continuity um <laughs> and uh then uh, a civil war broke out um between uh the masters of karn and uh, they basically uh, uh, uh blew each other up uh it was a atomic catastrophe that basically like wiped the planet out um aside from like a handful of like farmers and things like that um so that was all going on separately from what was going on on um, on uh, uh, Gallifrey. Uh, these women uh, were known as uh, the Pythian Order, um, and their leader. Um, there was like a, a holders of the line of succession, and each one was known as the Pythia. Um, and uh, yeah, so it was all uh, it was a matriarchal society um, pre Time Lords. This is all before Time Lords. This is just Gallifreyans. Um, what? what story yeah, is that from? Um, this is all from this is from uh, some prose stuff from oh. some audio stuff. Like it's all sort of pieced together. Yeah, like throughout. Um, uh, some comic stuff, I think. Um. So all of this, uh, but, but it's, um, it is, uh, uh, it's built out of a moment in, um, destiny of the Daleks where, uh, Romana, a character you haven't seen yet, Nick, uh, where Romana, uh, sees a, a version, an incarnate, a possible incarnation of herself, um, that is based on these Pythia and she's like really tall. Um, and yeah, (laughs) I don't know. It grew out of that, I guess. Um, in any event, uh, so they they had all of these abilities and they were very like superstitious and Gallifrey was a very superstitious place. Um, and uh, then when the Timeless Child stuff happened, um, the men were the ones who were experimenting on the Timeless Child um, and found the power to regenerate and the ability to control time. Uh, and that was all from Rassilon, um, a name that is familiar to all of us, um, who was the, uh, this guy who really hated that women were in charge. Um, and basically, uh, the idea I believe is that, um, he was in charge of this sort of like rebel faction of, male Gallifreyan freedom fighters who found the timeless child and then found the way to regenerate, created the eye of harmony, became time Lords and went to war with the, 
with 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 the the women in power, the Pythia, um, and beat them, uh, and essentially banished them to Karn, um, the remnants of them to Karn, and the Pythia then evolved into the sisterhood mm. of the eternal flame. Um, uh, and the reason is because I have to, uh, uh, j- uh, consulting my notes. It is in fact, a thing called the flame of life. Oh, the flame of life. Um, yeah. So, uh, the sacred flame, Eternal flame is the bangle. Yeah. Song. The, the, the sacred flame, uh, the elixir of life, the sacred flame. Um, what's the, is that what the Olympics, what is called the sacred flame? Uh, no, 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 it's, flame? this is called, it, it's the sacred flame or the flame of life. They're both called the same. It's like, they're both the, like they call it the sacred flame. It's the flame of life, but yeah. Um, in any event, the one that David Ten, well, the one that Ten ran with in your favorite episode. Yeah, and the reason that the reason that they evolved into this is because they started, um, sort of, uh, 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 you know, seeing it as this religion, because without it, they can't, they're not reproducing, and so it's only the eternal life is what's keeping them around, essentially. Um, and so like, it became this sort of like, uh, very sacred thing to them, you know, over however many millennia. Um, and, uh, and then they became as, as they did start dying off. Now they're just this little sisterhood group, um, that are now like, uh, just totally devoted to protecting this thing. Um, but they're also not dying because they're taking the elixir. Exactly. Exactly. So. um Right. There's still there's the the remnants of of uh, the 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 Pythia are still around in the sisterhood. Um, so then you have. Um, uh, yeah. So then you have the Time Lords. Right. And so the Time Lords now there's like there are no other Gallifreyans there. Everybody is a Time Lord because everybody's getting the power to regenerate or whatever. Um, and you've got like military factions and science factions and political fraction factions, um, building this new society. And you might be like, well, if they're all men, how are they making more people? They regenerate into women. (laughs) And so then that like begets more, uh, time Lords, um, and, uh, more generations of, of, uh, of, of time Lords. so yeah, uh, that's like essentially what that is. And then, um, I'll talk more about like Morbius, um, because he's essentially like a cult leader who, you know, when they, when they get this power of, t- of, 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 uh, you know, uh, time travel and time lordiness. From yeah. Um, they are, uh, firm about like, Hey, we really can't like. Uh, fuck around with stuff like we can't be really get involved we need to like you know just watch from a distance and observe and whatever but like we can't really like dig in there and and get involved that would be say pompeii that, or, you know, yeah. yeah that seems that seems like it would be bad um and uh and 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 morbius is like uh actually i think we should use it to rule um and we should control everything uh because we're better than everybody and then the cult of morbius is created from that um, and he goes to war with Rassilon, eventually loses, uh, and is the war between 
Morbius's people and Rassilon's people happens on Karn. Um, and that's how it gets to where it is now. Like it, where it's just like, there's not any like, um, uh, 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 masters of Karn, like none of them are around anymore. Um, and it's because of, uh, that battle. Um, and that's how, uh, uh what's her name from, uh, the sisterhood saw, supposedly saw Morbius. Marin. Um, yeah, Marin saw Morbius murdered was because yeah, all cause... of that happened on Karn. Um, because God forbid yeah. they have their civil war on their own planet. Um, instead. <laughs> They just, that's so them though yeah that's true <laughs> and then Rassilon conquered Karn and that's how he found out about the flame of eternal life and all of that good stuff so so, so this planet this Karn yeah like went through a like a nuclear atomic holocaust like completely got messed up and then like centuries later there was another war yep that just completely <laughs> wiped it out yep like the remnants yeah yeah, only nice. the only the sisterhood poor planet. <laughs> at that point. Yeah. Um and uh and yeah, and it's just sort of become this like weird sister planet to Gallifrey as a result because Rassilon was like, Yeah, we really like that elixir thing. That 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 could come in handy. Um and uh Rassilon's just a big big old asshole, uh just in general. So you know. Yeah. Um, is, also, he, is he dead? Does, do they kill him in End of Time? Or he just gets sucked into that hole again? He just right? gets sucked. I mean, Rassilon's one of those dudes. That's just, he's like the master. He's never dead. It's just like every time you turn around and, and look back at Gallifrey, you're like, oh, you are in charge again. You asshole. Where did you come from? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Time of recording. Timothy Dalton's still with us. That's true. He could come back. Um, but, uh, uh, and also, uh, apparently, um, um, Morbius is like time Lord name was like the general apparently. Um, so <laughs> they play, play those car ads and those car shirts. Yeah. 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 The general, <laughs> um, Great. yeah, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, time, time Lord, uh, Gallifreyan history, all of that stuff. It is very messy and weird. Um, and, uh, not very clean. I tried to yeah. put it together as much as I could. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't want to derail the episode too much, but like, what about Susan? Cause like Susan doesn't have regenerations, right? I, Susan's not something I don't, about. well, she was still a child, right? You get the regenerations later. Oh, like you're given the power to like regenerate. you're, you're it's like bestowed, like bestowed. Because like right. the the way that the doctor in classic who always kind of talks about because there's like a time lord academy or whatever. Like right. there's there's like you like study to be a time lord. Uh-huh. So like so so there's there's people that not like not everyone goes to now, time lord school, right? Like, like at this point, it like, oh, oh, oh yeah like, yeah. Pre- okay. This is all like you know however many thousands of years in yeah, the past, yeah, but yeah. Okay. Um, Cause there's that, there's that stupid episode where Leela leaves that also happens on Gallifrey and there's like native quote unquote native Gallifreyans or whatever that aren't time Lords. Right. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So it's sort of like how like Sokka and Katara are siblings. Sokka is not a bender. Y- Katara yeah. is a bender. Right. Right. I, I think at a certain point, um, uh, the, the, the time Lords realize they can't let everybody be time Lords mm. because then, uh, I mean, you know, <laughs> it's just like i mean look at the world right it's like yeah well, well we can't let those people uh have any power because then they take it away from us so <laughs> you know sure. um we're we're immortal we don't want to lose our power so yeah 
Everybody, right. everybody born naturally, I guess, at this point, we need to cut this off. You got to go to, you got to go to school, go into debt, you know, all that stuff. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> and then you're immortal and you spend it, spend your life paying it back. Like yeah. that's <laughs> right. Exactly. That, what a sobering revelation that would be if like to find out this season that the doctor has student loan debt. <laughs> <laughs> The doctor also never graduated, so it's technically yeah. he, he's Mister Who. Hey. Um, Outstanding. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't graduated. I decided I was finished. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good for him. Yeah, I relate to that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, uh, so back at so while they're having their super, it was well. I, one one last thing I'll say, Scott. Uh, I I had the thought of you know you would go to a Barnes and Noble like ten five years ago, and you would see like those big thick like ornate time a history of gallifrey Mm -hmm. books like time lord fairy tales and all that and i wondered like wow i have half a mind to like go look for those on amazon but then i thought like i wonder how much of that has been decanonized in the wake of the timeless child and stuff yeah i think so i think i think the timeless child um you know both made better sense of everything but also definitely decanonized a bunch of stuff um, I didn't even get into the Great Vampire War, um, which wow has nothing to do with this. Uh, <laughs> but are I they like? I love. Please. I because lo- <laughs> there is that's a fourth Doctor episode, right? It's like toward the end of his mm-hmm. run. Mm-hmm. I love just pulling. It's like, oh yeah, and then the the Time Lords fought space vampires, and it's like, what? What yeah. are you talking about? <laughs> Razalon opened a opened like a pipe or a door or something. He was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> I, you know that is um. That it's I mean, that's pretty bus. much exactly yeah. how it happened, Nick. I <laughs> are they they're like Tolkien? They're Please. from another universe. Yeah. Oh, like the Doctor. Mm-hmm. That's why you know at the end of the day, it's like people don't like it because they think it explains too much, but also it also makes. The Doctor, like, pure mystery again in a lot of ways. But it's not like any of that was unprecedented um, in Doctor Who canon, like other universes and things like that. Um, Well, it's so interesting. It makes me to bring up, you know, Star Wars again with the Witches of Dathomir and and all that is like I had the thought of like, oh, I wonder how much like those the new Ray movie is going to what that's going to add to Jedi lore. mm -hmm. And it's really but it makes me think about how. Doctor Who is sort of like counter to so much of what Star Wars has decided to do, mm-hmm. which Star Wars isn't very interested in mystery mm-hmm. these days. They're kind of like the opposite of like, we're going to know exactly what the clone. We know exactly what day the Clone Wars started and ended now. Mm-hmm. Whereas in like New Hope, it was just this kind of it can mean anything. Who knows what it is? Right. You know. And it's interesting how Doctor Who always has, as to this day, decided to keep mystery like part of its recipe. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, that's the best I can do in terms of making sense out of it. I think that's essentially uh, the history of everything that's going on in this uh, story. But, um, yeah. Um, well, Cass, <laughs> if you wanted to, if, you're, if your goal was to not derail the podcast, uh, you did not succeed. I, I do have some brief, super quick questions about space vampires. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, <laughs> are they like Tolkien vampires where like... They're called vampires, but they don't really have a lot in common with what we 
think of as vampires or are they like full on? Are they just vampires? I think it's kind of like a mixture of both. Like it plays fast and loose with vampire lore, but also like they're the things that our vampire lore is based off of. Right. If I'm remembering Ooh. that correctly. Yeah. Uh, their their only weakness, I believe, is is uh, is getting a, a stake of any kind driven through their their heart. Um, oh. it doesn't have to be a wooden stake. It can be any kind of stake, but, um, that's the only way to kill them. Uh, I do know that. And then I do know the fact that like, uh, I think Dracula refers to them as like, th- like the ones before or something like that. Yeah, like, like the old ones, uh, the or old whatever. ones. What yeah. Do you yeah, mean? yeah. Dracula refers <laughs> to them. <laughs> Nick will be here all night if I <laughs> okay. If okay, we start okay, going down okay, the okay. down the space yeah. vampire fucking hole. space vampire. Right, yeah. <laughs> I'll let it go. I'll let it go for now. All in good time. <laughs> I know that's like ten so, years from now or whatever. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, but back in the back in Solon's like study or living room, <laughs> kitchen or whatever, they're eating dinner. <laughs> Um, the doctor is like, oh, I know you, you're, um, I, I wrote his full name down. You're, um, Mihendri Solon. You're like, you're from earth. You're this insane astrophysicist. Sarah Jane, you're dead. You're, you're way dead by the time this guy comes around, but this guy's a big deal in his time. And the guy's like, oh, you heard of me. That's cool. So they say that he's a human. He even says at one point, like, God, I miss Earth. Earth Earth ruled. You know, you never get over your home planet. But, like, it's not seen as, like, a weird big revelation to the Doctor or Sarah Jane that there's, like, someone from Earth living on Karn and knows all about Morbius and the Sisterhood of the Karn and stuff. Mm-hmm. Correct? Because uh, <laughs> I think the Doctor, because when, when he's like, oh, yeah, I know who you are. And, like, because this guy just disappeared. Like from Earth. Oh yes, yeah. And some some say like, you joined the cult of Morbius. Yeah, and he, like so, there, there's like no one, no, no one knew where he this guy went. So then the doctor's just like, oh, okay. So he ended up here. That's cool and weird. Cool. Yeah. No, that's that that totally answers. Yeah, because they're like, oh yeah, we never knew, we never figured out what happened to you. Some people mm-hmm. say you joined that rotten, terrible cult of pack of weirdos. <laughs> and someone's like, I don't know. I don't think that would be everybody's choice of words to describe them. <laughs> it, it makes me wonder. Like, I guess, I guess this takes place then in the pretty distant past, right? Like, in terms of like whose past? Like the like like uh, uh, I don't know Gallifrey's past, right? Because he was he's not like a new dude, right? Morbius, Morbius, or... like I think he because he was like fighting Rassilon. Rassilon's not I around at this point. No, I I honestly don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't know because um, like, but this, but this is, but this is from Sarah Jane's perspective. This was thousands and that millennia of her past ago, right? Uh, no, because no. no. No, it's this like future. future Earth. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think oh, okay. I, I believe. Okay. So I believe all the stuff that happened that I just talked about all happened yeah. technically in the future from the perspective of Earth, but that doesn't matter okay. because they're when time lords. Time travelers. Yeah. yeah. So okay. it's yeah. Um so I think okay. we're in, in yeah, from from Earth Earth probably doesn't even exist anymore as of like this moment of them standing on Karn. But okay, yeah. Uh, but 
Yeah. For sure. Gallifrey. I don't know. Uh, you got your timey wimey. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the the sisterhood summon the TARDIS into their cave, mm-hmm. which is where we get their very Suspiria also. Big like 70s Suspiria vibes. Yeah. Yeah, with, with the sisterhood. You know, you mentioned the um the 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 uh the Sith sisters. What are their names? Sister what uh uh Dathomir. Dathomir. Yeah, sisters of Dathomir. Um I would not the Night I, Sisters. I yeah, I would absolutely not be surprised one iota if they actually were directly inspired by this. Like, like if somebody on the Clone like Wars, Dave Filoni, yeah, if Dave Filoni was like a Doctor Who fan, also, and was like, you know what was cool? There was that one episode with those ladies. Let's kind of do that with, but with like Sith, because you don't see like, you know, it's always it's always dudes. So like, where are the women? What are they doing? I don't know. Yeah. I think that's, that's, I, that's creepy as yeah, hell. I could totally, <laughs> I could totally see that being a thing. Um, and also in Dathomir, um, on Dathomir, whatever Darth Mauls are. Like males, they are treated like basically like brood sows and like cattle and like in societally are like lower than the night sisters. And that kind of reminds me of what you were like a matriarchy as opposed to a a patriarchy. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. A witchriarchy. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So they, yeah. So they, yeah, the, the, the night sisters summon the TARDIS and the (laughs) We get that line about the cult of Morbius, um, and then there there was like a tremor. The doctor describes it as a telekinetic visit, right? Mm-hmm. There was some kind of like earthquake or something, right? He when he looks at like the because there's like oh the um, head yeah there's like marble busts in in Solon's gothic mansion because of course there are and like one of them. <laughs> The doctor like recognizes, and then he has trouble like placing it, and then he's just like, "Oh yeah, no, I I've seen that head before. That's Morbius's face." And then like he, he was a know, real asshole. Brain stuff. Yes, <laughs> and then he gets knocked out just as he re- recognizes the bust of Morbius's head, mm-hmm. and then it's revealed that Solon is a member of the cult of Morbius. He takes, he's like, "Oh, this is great! Like you have a Time Lord head. Morbius had a Time Lord head, so he takes the doctor to." Um, oh, they're knocked out. They, they, they both get knocked out because they drink the tea and the tea is like poisoned. Mm-hmm. So, um, condo is like, what about lady? What about nice? What about girl? <laughs> and he's like, I could give a shit. Like, just leave her there. Who cares? <laughs> so when she wakes up, Sarah Jane wakes up, she's like, oh no. Uh, so she's looking for ever for anyone in the house and genuinely kind of creepy moment. She, See something move about behind some bed curtains, like Christmas Carol style bed curtains. Um, and then she opens the door and or pulls back the curtains, and you see a decapitated but moving like monster body. And then that is the episode out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love this monster. Pretty spooky, especially when he has his helmet on. He, <laughs> he looks like um. He looks like that mascot with the horn for a nose. What is that? Um, the Noid? Uh, no. The, the Philly Fanatic? Have, doesn't have a, a horn for a no- uh, nose. I think he's like a I think hot... the Philly he... Fanatic has a horn for a nose. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Green. That, that guy. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Yeah. The Philly... Yeah, that's what he looks like. He looks like the... Like a... 
Like if the Philly fanatic was in the uh, a, a really bad accident, I don't know. <laughs> Does like he also Robo have Cops. a lobster claw for an arm? Because this thing. Does. Well, I said accident. Um, you okay. Know. Have and you seen the Philly fanatic? No, I'm looking it up right now. <laughs> okay. Oh, Cass, this is gonna be great. Yeah. I didn't know this was gonna happen on is air. This, he's like a friendly. Oh. Uh, yeah. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> that guy. Yeah. He's like, he's like he was gr- he was gritty before gritty. Yeah, yeah, I know this is gritty's cousin. Yeah, yeah. It's like he literally like looks orcs. like this thing like before it was like burned alive or something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and an ar- lost an arm, burned alive. Yeah, I cannot um, stop looking at this horrible thing. Uh, <laughs> uh, for- fortunately, we were able to save the fanatic, but. <laughs> he has been burned beyond repair. Um, he's also lost his head, uh, but we've recreated it with this bowl and a horn. Uh, <laughs> and he has a crab claw. And he has a, he has a crab claw now. Um, <laughs> go, go Philly. <laughs> God. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, so part two. Really great, really great. Oh God, I'm in love with 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 what Liz Sladden does because she like opens the curtain, sees the thing. It's not like attacking her. It's just kind of like sentient, and she's like, nope, 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 nope. And she like <laughs> pretends to notice something else behind her. Yeah, that's uh, great. <laughs> she's just like, yeah, I'm gonna, um, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, I need to leave. I can't. <laughs> 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 this was a mistake. Um. So, okay, help me out, guys. The last time we saw the doctor, he was about to get scapled. He was about to go under the knife, and then I think he just wakes up and deuces. Doesn't he just leave? I think so. Or because he and then he leaves, and then he goes. He ends up. He ends up um, captured by the sisterhood. Oh, I think they. Oh, yeah, they bring him. They summon him, right? They steal him. Yes, yeah. that's yeah. right. Yeah, they steal they him. Like, yeah. yeah, they 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 heist the same him with way, their magics, the same way that they did the TARDIS. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Because they have heist the power man. to like teleport things. Oh yeah, because when the, when they send the doctor over there and he's like, "What are you guys doing here?" And like, we teleported you, and he's like, "You teleported me? <laughs> <laughs> you guys still teleport? Like it's." Yeah. So bitchy. It's well, yeah, because it's like, yeah, they still have their powers that they had before, you know? Um, Oh, that's good because that's actually kind of becomes like their arc is the doctor being like, you guys aren't advancing at all. Mm -hmm. You're frozen in place and it's like killing you. And that's. Yeah, because you're so you're so focused on surviving, not Mm -hmm. like going extinct um, that uh, which, you know, fair, but also. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of this that actually resonated of like, oh, that's still kind of that makes me think about today. Yeah. You know? Um, <laughs> it does make me have questions about their connection to the timeless child because the doctor has psychic abilities. And so where do those come from? Oh, yeah, because they say at one point that any Time Lord would be a threat to the Sisters of Karn because they can fortify their minds and protect against the the Sisterhood's magics mm-hmm. in ways that like normal normal living things can't. 
Right, which is how they beat them in the first place. But I but they don't have like I don't think all time lords can like, you know, headbutt somebody and give them all their memories the way the doctor can. That feels more like I don't know, like that feels special, I guess. I guess I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah. I never think that. I always just assume that he every every time lord can do what the doctor does. Well, but I guess I'm I'm more like making trying to make sense of like the timeless child now, thing. Child. And yeah. And like the all the continuity that I just talked about, you know, it's like <laughs> oh, does that I don't know. I'm just mm-hmm. yeah no yeah I'm, I'm just it I'm asking of... questions because I'm like oh maybe some showrunner down the line will well, get a wild hair cause... up their ass and try to answer that question because <laughs> if the doctor if the timeless child is like the 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 template mm-hmm. um and then like every other time lord like has like the like the potency i guess of their abilities isn't as strong as the doctor because the doctor's the original one right and then mm-hmm. they're all just copies so like like mm-hmm. the fact that they do their weird mental like like time lord mind whatever mind it's fight called, mind <laughs> yeah. fight mind wrestling or whatever um <laughs> like the doctor like that comes from like that comes from the same place but the doctor is just better at it because they're you know yeah you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying and they don't even know why at this point because right. that secret is still they don't know that until jody until yeah. for, until right. is it, isn't it wild that a story made 40 50 years later can like make this story better like somehow like it's just so <laughs> crazy um you know, like he like answered yeah. those questions and then was like, here you go. Now, when you watch Brain of Morbius, this is all you're going to think about. You're I'm, welcome. <laughs> I'm, yeah. No, because I'm wondering if if this one played better for me post uh, Jodie Whittaker era because of the Timeless Child stuff, because before it was just like, oh, yeah, this is the one with the Frankenstein thing. And also, like, the doctor has like faces we've never seen. Like, that's cool. But like this, it like contextualizes this yeah in in like a different way yeah than it did like when i watched it like a decade ago or whatever yeah over a decade ago now and something similar happens with like the the prequels and star wars of like for new republic archives or star wars podcast hosted by gary and tim (laughs) we i i talked about attack of the clones a couple years back Mm -hmm. and i hadn't watched that movie since you know mainlining like rebels and clone wars and the new movies and whatnot. And yeah, like that movie as like fundamentally not a great movie as it is sometimes. Um, I, I, as a nerd, I was like, Oh my gosh, this is when this happened. And you can see the decay of the Jedi order. Mm-hmm. And, and it, 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 it re <laughs> it sort of uh, retroactively. What's the comic book term, Scott? Uh, uh, retcon retcons what maybe was just like this is kind of dumb like oh this is so it it, it all fits now into the grand Mm. narrative of this this thing that i love yeah yeah i always love creators who i mean we were talking about it right in like the in the in the uh the 60th specials we're like even regardless of how i feel about the chibnall era like it's always so cool when creators are like you know everything counts it all counts. Mm-hmm. I, my job is that I have to make it work. I have to figure it out. Um, I have to figure out how it plays into what I'm planning on doing. But like, it all counts. I I I don't get to discount stuff. Um, whenever creators try to like discount things, uh, I'm like, mm, I don't know. 
now what? And now, it's deeply now what is that? Nerdy mean, too. You know, yeah. <clears throat> that that desire to like wanting to make it all fit and in universe. Yeah. Across it, it kind of speaks to how much, which is kind of crazy when you think about it, how Chibnall and Moffat and RTD are like nerds mm-hmm. for this stuff. Mm-hmm. And we've never had a showrunner. Thankfully, hopefully we won't. I don't know what that would look like to be like, I don't fucking care. Like, <laughs> It's uh, it's it's the sixth Doctor era. That's the yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. right. That, right. That's Eric Sayward. Um, yeah, for sure. So um, they're doing their dance. Okay, so first the Doctor and the eldest sister Karn, elder one, have kind of a back and forth where the Doctor is like, "Why are you mad at me?" And she's like, "You're here to steal the the flame of life." And he's like, "No, I'm not. Like, why? Why would I want to do? Why would I want to do that?" Because like, you know that it's the flame is dying. It's like it's weakening because of your bullshit. And he's like, not the look. It's a it's a physical flame, guys. Like it's a <laughs> it is a geological phenomenon, <laughs> and what's happening under the earth affects the. I think this is like a problem with the pipes. I can fix this. They like burn him at the stake. <laughs> um, but thankfully, and what will be a series of boss, like. S tier companion moves. Sarah Jane like slips under. She's wearing the robes and she hands the doctor like a pair of pliers or like bolt cutters or mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. Um, so he cuts his robes and he frees himself from the the fire, the sacrificial fire. But then just as they're about to escape, there's kind of this like crazy edit where the eldest sister sees them fleeing, whips out like a ray gun and shoots like a blue sonic beam and it blasts Sarah Jane in the face. And we learn later that it it blinds her. Mm-hmm. Um, there she has Elizabeth Slayton has this moment of acting where she does that thing that people do where they put on a happy face when they're clearly like freaking out, mm-hmm. and it is so much more human than any other performance I've seen on the show in this order. Mm-hmm. Of like it startled me of how like wow that that was like a real human moment yeah. in this like big crazy sound stagey sci fi show yeah yeah <laughs> I I you know I also think like the choice to make her blind um, is an interesting way to solve the problem which is that if she weren't blind she kind of wouldn't have anything to do in the rest of the story but because she's blind Mm. she gets to like quote unquote not do anything but she's like dealing with something so then it's like we're not we're 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 not seeing the fact that like she doesn't have really have any she's just kind of wandering around you know right yeah um it's like a really like cool like way of uh getting around the fact that well, uh, we kind of figure we need to figure out a way to put Sarah on ice because I don't have anything for her to do. So she gets hit by a ray and now she's blind and she's dealing with that. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Cass, what do you think of, of this this plot development for Sarah Jane? Um, I. No, I think I like it for for the reasons that Scott just said, because like initially, like it's like, oh, well, that sucks that like our companion, <laughs> like she can't see for the last two episodes. But and like the. um. Honestly, I like <laughs> I like it for the 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 heightened um camp of this second episode cliffhanger. 
where <laughs> sure where yeah she, that's true it wouldn't work if she could see yeah where, where, where she's talking to this brain in a jar but she doesn't know what she's talking to yeah, <laughs> yeah she just she just thinks it's a guy freaking yeah. out yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and when she's blinded uh that is what it motivates the doctor to be like well we have to go back to solon's manner because he's a doctor he can fix Sarah jane's eyes mm -hmm. yeah so they go back there but i do want to say um kind of talk going back to like watching these like in order going from like one to four is seeing how each companion and i guess the show to an extent deals with like the companion being damseled mm -hmm. and i think sarah jane is damseled in a way similar to what we've seen in like with three and two stories this time but it is interesting how they kind of like find a way to make it more active mm -hmm. or attempt to mm -hmm. um in this one because she is kind of like you know she's like literally that monster movie damsel like tied down to a slab at one point yeah yes. um yeah but they're with, they're just yeah. better at it at this point because they're like god we've done that so many times there's got to be a more interesting like it, it doesn't even feel like it's like a feminist thing at all it just feels like all the writers are like bored and they're like all right we got to do something else <laughs> we gotta um, we gotta let her do something like, yeah <laughs> this hasn't happened before yeah uh, what, what if she did something that's never happened before whoa <laughs> <laughs> so they go back to solon's manor and uh she he's like fix my friend no bullshit so they go to his lap and he's like oof oh man her retinas are like dangling like she's fried i can't do this like maybe the sisters of karn could help you but i can't do anything and the doctor's like okay well i'm gonna go back to the sisters of karn and then solon's like hey condo get get over here send this letter to the doctor um but tell them Oh frick! Okay, wait, I I forgot something that I want to I want to go back to. Okay. Um. So while the doctor was at the stake, um, Solon makes an appearance, and this is happening as Sarah Jane is like slipping the the, the pliers, mm -hmm. and he's like, "Please, I need his brain. Just leave me, leave, leave me his head. I just need his head. Like, get out of here." <laughs> <laughs> and he offers Condo to them, mm -hmm. like, "Here, take Condo, kill Condo," and later back at the manor condo is like hey you're gonna have your hey fuck you and he's <laughs> and he's going to kill him but he's like no i'll give you your arm if you if you like do what i say mm -hmm. um so i just thought that was no i love that i i love that because i love that he's like submissive to him until you get to a point where but it's like submissive in the way that like an employee will be submissive to their boss Right. Mm -hmm. And you think but you think it's like an Igor situation, but then it's like it's not at all because he's like, don't you fucking forget I am a foot taller than you. Yeah. I'll fucking he's... slit your throat. I'll fucking he's... drink your blood. I don't give a fucking <laughs> shit. Uh, I'm sorry. I'll kill I'm sorry. You. <laughs> He's got, yeah, no, he's he's like he's like a foot taller and at least like 150 pounds on this guy. Like, yeah, just... yeah. And he's got that pincer robot on. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that he gave him. He that, that Nando wants to get rid of. Yeah. Um, but you're right, though. Kondo does not like worship Slawlin or see him as like a an idol like figure. It's like, no, I am only helping you so you give me my arm back. Right. Yeah. Um, so Solon. <laughs> Hands Kondo a message and is like, tell the sisters of Karin that the doctor's coming to trick them again. 
and and to capture the doctor. Um, while this is happening, uh, uh, Sarah Jane uh, note hears the voice of the brain in the dryer being like, "Solid, <laughs> <laughs> solid, get in here!" Just like, <laughs> and, and then yeah, the cliffhanger is just Sarah Jane inching closer to the. That's door. the other thing that's great about this is like I don't know that there's anything better than like an angry brain in a jar. <laughs> So angry. just shouting at people. It sounds a little. It's got like the like the the Dalek filter over it a little bit. Like it's very bit. Dalek for sure. Yeah, yeah he's it's just not, not monotone. Dalek. Yeah, yeah. Very emotional. Right. He's very emotional. <laughs> um, is this where they? I think this is the where they plant the seed of he's like you don't understand. I'm in hell. I'm in a jar. I can't see. I can't feel. Uh huh. And. He's like, what about the dumb body? What about the dummy body? And, and uh, Solon's like, you don't. That one looks really gross. <laughs> He's like, I don't care. Like, you're you're gonna care after <laughs> I put you in there. <laughs> uh, but I didn't even appreciate that kind of like foreshadowing of like, dude, no, that one is jank. It'll like. <laughs> The casing is weird, so like gas will get into your brain. It'll make you stupid. And he's like, I don't care. <laughs> uh, so part three ends with um, the uh, uh, Solon stops Sarah Jane just before he bumps into the, the brain, Morbius's brain. And he's like, get out of here. But so she gets out of there. But while doing so, locks Solon in the room with the brain of Morbius. And while blind, listeners escapes and traverses the terrain of an unknown planet she landed in like an hour ago <laughs> just to warn the doctor about the trap yeah like what a what a gal what a companion true she almost falls, falls off, off a cliff, a cliff doing it too yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and a genuine bummer later on in this episode when um uh, Kondo like captures her and very forbidden planet like you know carries her off and she's like screaming and bang you know fruitlessly pounding on him uh, this is when we get <clears throat> kind of the weirder again, another Frankenstein trope of like oh a pretty girl has nice hair Kondo like mm -hmm. sure uh, which I, is like I guess the thing that's aged the least well in this episode um, I, <laughs> I don't know I guess in terms of like this, this is weird <laughs> like yeah I guess um, I I I also, I mean, I, to be fair, he probably hasn't seen pretty hair in a very long time. Um, sure. Yeah. <laughs> so look at his hair. Nice. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> he, oh, yeah. Um, uh, uh, also, I just want to commend again, uh, commend Elizabeth Sladen's acting when she is, after falling off the cliff and then getting back up again. It's not a, it's not a big cliff, everybody. It's like, yeah, yeah. it's like it's a Doctor know. Who cliff. Yeah, it's like like 10 feet, maybe uh, 10 feet yeah. high, something <laughs> like that. Eight <laughs> feet high. Um, but yeah, uh, when she when she gets back up again and she starts like trying to like l try to find her way to like the doctor. And then that's when Kondo grabs her and the way he grabs her like very like not like aggressively. Just is like kind of like a real like, all right, here we go. Come on. Like, like the hair. Like yeah. the hair grab. Right. Yeah. He grabs her hair. But like her reaction to it is like so well done because it's not her eyes are open. She can. She's an actress who can see. Right. Mm -hmm. And and but her reaction is 
you can see like, wait, what has my hair? Oh no, there's a guy. Ah, like it's not like it's like a slow realization that she's been got and like she tries to get away before he like grabs her. Like it's right. just like a really like thoughtful process of like how would I react if I couldn't see and something grabbed my hair? Would I immediately be like, get off me? No. Like, I would be like, what has my hair? Oh, no. Oh, you know? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, especially, you know, she probably didn't have weeks or months to, like, shadow a blind person or, like, you know, yeah. do the work that maybe an actor could do. But yeah, you know, yeah. it's And another moment skip to the end. There was a moment in the, when her vision comes back mm-hmm. and she doesn't even say anything until next episode. But in that episode, I knew what was happening. I was like, oh, her vision's coming back just because she could, I don't know, she was selling it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. She's really good. Um, Cass, what did you think of the moment where the doctor enters the like kind of caves, the opening of the caves, and he's like, ding dong, and they yes! just like drop a net on him? It's so funny. Oh, my God. Why does, like, why, like... No, I get he's not like sneaking. He's he's like trying to get their help. But yeah, he literally right. says ding dong and then the sisters like drop like a net on him. <laughs> and he's just like we got to stop meeting this way. Please. <laughs> like like <laughs> And you know for a yeah. story where the doctor spends the entire movie or the entire the entire show, the entire uh serial going from one guy's house to this to lady's cave. house, back to the <laughs> guy's house, back to the lady's house, back to the like that's he spends the whole story just doing that back and mm-hmm. forth, back and forth. Um, why is this as good as it is? I don't, I, I don't know. Uh, but I, I think it's like it's like it's the ding dong. It's the we have to stop meeting like this. Yeah. He's just like I like you. I mean, like there's a reason I think this is your favorite four stories because like he's so cool mm-hmm. and almost suave, but. Not in a like I'm trying I'm the doctor trying to be suave. He just is. He's just four. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um and, and, he's, and he's always in charge like, of every situation. He's never I don't know, at least not in this. I mean, he's plenty condescending in other things, but like in this, he's never really condescending to ever anybody. He's just sort of like real with them. Um, and it's just like like I don't yeah. want that. I don't what leave me alone. Like leave, leave like, me alone. Like with the, I'm here for something else. Like with the sisters of Karn, he's like <laughs> A little like he's exasperated with like guys. That let me help you. Like, yeah, can we not? <laughs> so yeah. he convinces the sisterhood of Karn to show them, show him the eternal flame, and he's like, "Yeah, like there's probably something going on under the planet." And this is where they have their big conversation, where he kind of admonishes the sisterhood of saying, "Like you know, you've robbed yourself of a of a very key part of any civilization, which is like death." like death creates progress Mm -hmm. like new things have to come in and take over and learn but you're not learning you're just staying still and yeah it kind of resonated with kind of the 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 troubles that our our current society is having with embracing change and Mm -hmm. letting letting new take over Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah um generation generationally speaking Mm -hmm. sure yeah uh so the (laughs) <laughs> really great Solon scene where he's like trying to convince I think this is the scene that I talked about where he's like trying to convince the brain of Morbius to like blah 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 and he makes a pun the 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 crowning irony pun yeah just like 
a little moment like that of like, oh, I like this character. He feels like a real, like a real character. Mm-hmm. Um, so the yeah, that we we learn about the artificial head case. Um, so Kondo is sort of distractedly. He he opens the bed curtain to the condo. Get the body. Get the gross dumb body. Morbius wants to be in the big dumb body, <laughs> and he sees this Frankenstein monster, this creature made of all the the parts of all these aliens that have been brought down to the planet by the Sisterhood of Karn because they're that obsessive about keeping the flame a secret. And he's like, "Is that my fucking arm?" <laughs> <laughs> It, it becomes it becomes like a Coen Brothers movie for like two minutes. Yeah, there's like a shootout. Like, <laughs> yeah, because he's like, I'm gonna fucking kill you. That's my arm. <laughs> what the and hell are you doing like, here? Yeah, and then yeah, Solon just shoots him with like a very. It looks like a gun. It just looks like a normal gun. Yeah, yeah. Um, but in the scuffle. Kondo knocks over the brain and the brain just hits the ground and he's like, no! <laughs> and this whole time, Elizabeth Slayton is like like tied down to the slab and she's like, what's happening? Kondo? <laughs> yeah, because she can't see. She can't say anything. And she's like, Kondo knocked over the brain and now it's all fucked. It's dark. <laughs> <laughs> Well, why'd he do um, that? He found out about the arm. God. <laughs> it's it's a mess. <laughs> um, there's this other, it was before this, but there's another really specific, weird, but cool, like, solid moment where Kondo is like, oh, girl, pretty hair. And he's like, get out of here. She doesn't like that. Like, just leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So... Meanwhile, okay, oh, so so um, the creature rises, more body, the new body of Morbius starts to come alive right as uh, Sarah Jane's vision comes back, and that is the the episode ender. So like three in a row of like Nick's Nick's cliffhanger rule. Mm. <laughs> like never seen that before. Yeah, that's good. Uh, just. There's a lot of good bits. There's a lot of good jokes because, like the the the, the structure of like I can see, I can see. And she turns around. And she's like, "Oh fuck!" And she, like, falls <laughs> <Yeah>. back. <laughs> um, episode. So yeah, episode four. It's um, like the doctor pretending to be dead and be like, "Ah, you thought I was dead," and searching. So it's like, "Oh, you." <laughs> yeah, because the the sis. Do they bring him back? They yeah, he yeah. he likes he like fixes their fireplace. <laughs> mm-hmm. He likes oh, yeah. he like sweeps yeah, with the, the chimney. And then yeah. <laughs> and then he's like um he's like, "Well, okay, cool. Thanks. Uh uh will you help me now?" And they're like, "No." And so they like knock him out or something and they like tie him onto a like a litter and then they like walk him back to the castle. <laughs> yeah. There's a great moment where uh she the yeah like he reactivates their pilot light or whatever he needed to do mm-hmm. and <laughs> and the eldest one is like what are, you, are we supposed to be grateful and then it cuts to tom baker doing like wait what like a 
Like, are you, are you fucking serious? Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> All you've been doing since I've been here is bitching about how your flame's going out. <laughs> I fixed it for you, and I, you're not supposed to. I, just a little gratitude, just like a what the heck, like just, you know, just toss me a thank you. I'm not asking for you to worship me or anything, but Jesus. So <laughs> did you fuck the juice is loose. <laughs> Morbius is like stomping around. Oh, and he can't talk. He can just like make noises because like Solon said, like no, like. The brain casing isn't right. Like it's gonna inhibit your abilities. Um, so this like two this like you know this the brain of this cult leader <laughs> has been put into this Franken body, and it's just traversing a post apocalyptic landscape, lumbering around, causing terror. And I had the thought at this point, and I, I wrote it in my notes. I I know, I just know, two hundred, three hundred years from now, this is going to happen to Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna put his fucking rotten, dumb, like gangrene brain in a in a in a evil monster body, and it's gonna get like driven off a cliff. Oh my god! Oh my uh, god. Speaking of it being prescient, <laughs> um. It was sad when more. It was sad when Morbius killed that sister of Karn. Yeah, um, that was the funniest kind of... moment on this episode because she, she's just sitting there and he like yeah. crab claws her in the throat. <laughs> <laughs> no, truly, she. It, it's the most like B movie moment it's of so the series funny. because she is just kind of like cowering for like thirty seconds and doesn't move or doesn't uh-huh. get up and then yeah gets crab clawed. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of a lot of crab clawing in this one. A lot of snappy arms. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 sister. I was worried that it was a uh, uh, Ohika at one point, but it was actually uh, someone named Kalia that we hadn't. I don't think we had met prior mm-hmm. to her death. Um. So the the um the uh, so he's trying to. Solon is trying to correct his mistake. He's like, okay, I think I can, I think I have this now. Um, the doctor and uh, Sarah Jane get like locked into that lab room from earlier. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. This is, I think this is my favorite um, four moment is like when he and Solon like find, they find the monster um, mm-hmm. and uh, Solon is like, well, you have to tell, like help me. Uh, pick up this thing and and take it back to my lab because I need to fix it. I need to fix his brain. Yeah. Um. And the doctor's like, "No, you're not going to fix it. Well, you are going to fix it, but you're going to dismantle this thing because we can't we we can't do this." Um. <laughs> so the doctor like helps him bring the monster back into the laboratory, and then he like he slings it over his body, yeah. which I was very impressed. Yeah, by. he's like huge. Like Tom Baker is not a small guy. <laughs> um. <laughs> and then he tells Solon like he has five minutes. To like make his peace yeah. with his like weird monster cult leader and then like dismantle the thing. And then he leaves to go check on Sarah Jane, which is how he gets locked in the like the basement or or whatever it is, like the storage room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, more to keep it the Morbius braided in a jar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um what was your what was your favorite? I just like mo- the the like he just gives him like a time limit. Like he's just mm, like you got five yeah. minutes till you're grounded or whatever. Like, 
I really like when they're locked in and the doctor's like, oh, we're fucked. Like, we're, we're doomed. Like, this isn't going to win. Sarah Jane's like, no, don't say that. Like, come on. And she's like, well, you know. And then the camera does like a zoom. We zoom in on Four's face and he's like, I have an idea. <laughs> and I got like, well, you know, one of the best parts of Doctor Who, especially New Who, is like watching the doctor think his way out of a problem. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And like get excited by himself. I of like I also love that because it was like a like a put like they just like zoom in on him real quick like it's mm-hmm. like a yeah. like a snap zoom and as he turns and goes I've got an idea I was like that was cool <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was almost like a Wes Anderson like whip pan yeah moment mm. um yeah Christopher so, Barry directed this and uh, he's he's one of the good nice. ones that's for sure <clears throat> so he basically just using stuff around the lab uh, creates uh, cyanogen and releases cyanide as a gas because he's like oh wait all of these bases have the same structure no matter where they are so this vent would lead into the room that Solon and morbius are in right now so he like makes like he like makes a chemical reaction he crushes it the gas goes into the vent Solon is knocked out but morbius isn't and he's like oh good move with the cyanide idiot <laughs> Too bad I don't have a nose or what, whatever. <laughs> um, I like the doctor and Sarah Jane's back and forth after the gas is released. If she's like, wait, so how are we going to know if it works? And he's like, well, if we're still here in a month, we know it didn't work. <laughs> and she's like, how many hours are in a month? I just, I, I don't know. They seem very like peer to peer compared to other doctor companion chemistries. And I, I really, it's fun. Yeah. The, uh, so yeah, the doc, <laughs> I, I alluded to it, but, uh, the, the doctor calls Morbius the biggest mongrel in the universe. Mm-hmm. Cause he's a, a mishmash. Um, Morbius challenges the doctor to the mind bending contest where they, you know, strap themselves to like gurneys or whatever. And they have the the mind the, the the flashback stuff that we talked about with the crew members, which is really great. Um, two stories so far this season where we've like flashback to past incarnations of the Doctor. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, there's been a lot of connections this season between stories. Um, yeah, yeah, a little weird. <laughs> so <laughs> the Sisterhood chases Karn off a cliff and he falls. What do you think of that fall effect? The where he just like. Tumbles no. into the <laughs> yeah yeah he starts like t- like 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 twirling down the hole yeah that's good. <laughs> uh, the doctor is greatly weakened during his battle mind battle with Morbius, and so he's like not waking up. And Sarah Jane's like, no, he's dead. And they've managed to produce just a little bit of elixir, and rather than take it herself, at Ohika's insistence, Mira gives the elixir to the doctor. And says the doctor was right. There should be an end and sacrifices herself so that the doctor might live. Um, I genuinely don't understand the last beat joke of this story and would love for either one of you to illuminate. What is the line? Uh, the doctor hands. Uh, oh, I think it's Ohika oh. some items. And she's like, what is this? And he says, uh, it's a mighty atom and a thunderclap. Yeah. The thunderclap is a it's a firework. So it's like he he tells her to like light the paper and stand back. And so she yeah, lights the yes. paper and it 
it explodes as the TARDIS disappears. So it looks like it was a magic trick, but because he doesn't want them okay. to, I I don't know, because he like because it's like a it's like I don't know, like I don't know, he's a weird guy. He's, yeah, he's a weird guy. He's like, <laughs> it's like for on her deathbed, she's gonna be like, why did he do that? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and thus ends the brain of Morbius, a, 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 a romp, uh, definitely worth checking out on Tubi, listeners. If you like what we've been describing for the past hour mm-hmm. and a half, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I I had a lot of fun with. It. I just I loved I loved Morbius. He looked so weird. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the best. I wonder, do you think his plan was to get into that body and then take the elixir to try to trigger a regeneration so he could get back into like a humanoid form? Oh. I don't know. Because like it it as as horrifying as the weird Frankenstein crab thing looked, I think it was like all on purpose. Like he like he had like the the weird like lungs that filtered the cyanide gas and then he had, yes, he had like yeah. a cool claw hand. So like what <laughs> for snapping snapping the necks of witches. Yeah, he was just gonna like walk around like that forever. I I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Vote vote Morbius, he's back. <laughs> would it, would, <laughs> would he even be able to regenerate? I don't um, know, because like where even is that located? There's like is it like Time Lord genetics? Like right, yeah. Like so, like, theoretically, like let's just say there's a story where like the Doctor's body is like horribly mangled or destroyed, but the companion is able to save the Doctor's brain and put it in a jar, and then put that brain in like a dead the body of a corpse or something. Yeah, would that body be able to regenerate if it has its brain? Because that is Time Lord. Uh, oh, yeah, I guess. Okay, yeah, like that's Time Lord. DNA or Time Lord, yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Time so, Lord DNA. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, just pour it. They, they, they should have just tried just like pouring the elixir straight on the brain. Um, yeah. What would just, that have done? Yeah. Let's, let's see what this, let's see what happens. <laughs> let's see what this does. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess they couldn't because they didn't have a good, a strong enough flame. And so they couldn't just like right. go doing that willy nilly. It was, uh, you know, two against, I don't know. Eight, well, they eight don't women. like Morbius. How- the right. Morbius bad. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's true. He's yeah. he's yeah. He, he's like yeah. He's like he's like, he also very uh, like Grendelwald. Yeah. Yeah. Where he was able to amass this cult of like followers and like almost and like did a lot of damage. Yeah. <laughs> Tricked a deer into electing him president. Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway. Uh, and. It, any closing thoughts on the fall of not the fall the mind of Morbius? Scott, brain, is this still your favorite first or fourth Doctor story? I think so. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's other really good ones, but I just feel like this has so much in it and mm-hmm. doesn't feel overstuffed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just it's so uh ugh, it's so good. I love this. <laughs> and so as we've talked about at length, it it's aged really well with all of the, the new who that we've gotten mm-hmm. in the year since. Yeah, yeah, very true. Um yeah. But uh it's a it's a good one. Brain of Morbius. It's on Tubi. Mm-hmm. You should watch it. Um I had this thought. I don't know if I've said this before, but 
there's something it feels right that doctor that classic who is on tubi it does <laughs> yeah i agree with that i agree because i like how readily available it is for everybody right as opposed to like what BritBox was right you know yeah which is kind of like gate gatekeepy yeah like, this this almost feels like like it feels like like all of classic who should be at like every local library you know like you yeah. should be able to just yeah. watch it for free it's it's old enough you know they barely it's cared about it back be... then let alone now right so like yeah yeah it's it's not meant to be this precious sacred thing despite how much it means to all of us because right. at its heart it is this kind of ramshackle yeah made with love by the skin of our teeth production right. yeah yeah I agree like zombie zombie exorcist <laughs> or whatever's yeah. on Tubi. Yeah. Yeah. What's uh what what's what's on the docket next week, Scott? Where are we going next? Next week, um we are uh we're doing Modern Undead with the Fifth Doctor, which is the first part of the Black Guardian trilogy. Uh um and the introduction of a new companion um a little shit named turlo yep um <laughs> ooh yeah uh new companion just dropped it's a yeah a little or a little redheaded little shit named turlo <laughs> <laughs> whoa is he the first ginger companion Hard to tell because of the black and white era right. i can't remember if any of them technically ever I don't, there i think he is i think he might be though yeah. So this could be where the doctor got his ginger fixation. Which kind of went away. Not. Jesus. <laughs> I like uh, Turlo. Uh, I like Turlo a lot. <laughs> he a grows weasel. a lot. Yeah, he does. He does. Oh. He does. Yeah. Is he kind of like Edmund from Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe? Um, I don't Or yeah, Eustace I, from The Voyage of the Dawn Trek? Uh, maybe more Eustace. He's, he's, he's just like really snotty. Like he. Yeah. Like, okay. He's like all of. They 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 learned from Adric in a positive way. Yeah. Is, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Um anyway, that's uh that's next week, Modern Dead. It is a really fun episode. Like it's a really good one. Um it's not my favorite of the Black Guardian trilogy, but it's it's a really good one. It's very fun and entertaining and uh features uh, the return of the Brigadier. Yeah. Um, I believe for the first time since the Zygon episode, right? In the fourth Doctor? For the fourth Doctor? Yes. Yeah. Like, that was the last time. And now he's retired and he's a school teacher. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. At Coal Hill? No. No. Because that, that, that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, like a, like a military school, I think. Yeah. Uh, it's okay. like some yeah. boys' academy or whatever. Boys, Yeah, some boys' academy. Yeah. I don't know. Like there Girls are, Play 3. Anything that genders that, I always just, I was like, oh, it's like a military school. I don't yeah, know. That's... <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> well, it's the Brigadier, so that makes sense. Also that, yeah. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, he's retired and he's a, he's a school teacher. So you've seen him post school teacher retirement too yeah in uh ba- was that battlefield was that yes. one yes yeah in battlefield where he's like gardening um and now you're right. filling yeah, in his wife's like yeah yeah honey yeah yeah and now you're oh, filling nice. in the gap like one. you're you're uh you're you're seeing what he was doing between uh running unit and uh actually retiring <laughs> i'm uh, i'm river song and yeah 
with it's, the Brigadier. It's a really it's a it's a really good one. I'm excited to talk about that next week. Um so yeah, Modern Undead. Uh thanks for listening, everybody. Uh join the Discord if you haven't before. Check out the Patreon if that's uh if you wanna help us uh, you know, keep the lights on over at Dueling Genre. Um we appreciate everybody who does that. And uh we'll talk to you next week with Modern Undead. Bye everybody. Bye. Bye.